We live in a day and an age where there is no excuses to not find a business model to do what you love. If you want to do it, I genuinely believe with my whole soul that if you want, if you have an idea for a business that is doing what you love and you are prepared to do whatever it takes to make that work, then there's a way that you can make money doing what you love. Hey, hey, welcome to the Up and Becoming podcast, a space for inspiring and empowering conversations for the dreamers, creators, and self-starters. I'm your host, Kurt Bingham, and you are listening to episode 14. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Kay from Startup Creative. Kay is a business coach, author, and has successfully helped so many people start their businesses. Today, we talk a bit about burnout, but most of all, we talk about something I call the Entrepreneur's Toolkit. And that's just the skills that we need in order to pursue our dreams as entrepreneurs and business owners. And I think you're going to learn so much. So without further ado, here's our conversation. Well, today I am with uh, Kay from Startup Creative. Hey, Kay. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's so good to have you here. Um, I've been, yeah, watching uh, what Kay's been doing for quite a while and um, we just happened to have our, I don't know, like paths cross and it's it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. I only just started the podcast when um, I, I met Kay. So um, really excited today to just like have... Um, a conversation about how she, um, I guess, became who she is today and, and what she's up to. Um, but I thought first, Kate, I'd love to just ask, um, how, how did you how did you start Startup Creative? Like, um, what what uh, what are you actually working on today? Yeah, cool. Well, I think that um, I started about five years ago, and I definitely started five years ago. It was I was working in the corporate world, so I was advising government um, on best practices for youth services and my job was to travel around Queensland where I was living at the time and educate youth services on on a new funding model that was coming out. My background up until that point had been working in schools and camps and um, just engaging young people in education and training and personal development and so had a lot of on-the-ground work and then got this job, which, which I thought would be my dream job. And I was kind of climbing the ladder and getting these big pay rises and I felt really important because I had the swipe card to go to government and, like, uh-huh. uh, you know, these important meetings. Yeah. My parents were really proud of me. I got to see, like, I because I'd been a youth worker and, like, on the ground for so long, I, I when I manifested this job I was like I want I want to wear nice clothes and sit in an office and travel for work and they were all the things I ended up hating once I got them really? um, so, yeah so I got this job it was in Brisbane I was on the Sunshine Coast I mean Gold Coast sorry and I was commuting so some days it would be like between four to six hours like it was pretty bad and um, you know did all the things and pretty quickly realized that, you know, there was a big gap between being on the front line of youth services and really 
seeing a need and being able to provide an, a program or an answer or an opportunity to meet that need and, you know, pretty fast turnaround versus sitting in like government offices where you're writing policies and you're, you know, presenting documents and research and then you're <laughs> pretty much doing change management. It, I got pretty burnt out pretty quickly and, um, you know, it was it took me a while to actually identify that I was burnt out. I was, I think I, I, I mean, sometimes it serves me, but I definitely come from an upbringing of like do what needs to be done and don't ever give up. <laughs> so I think, yeah. you know, being at that age where I was earning a paycheck that was comfortable, it was like, oh, well, you're getting the good paycheck and you get paid holidays and 10 days leave and, you know, just do what needs to be done. This is what being an adult is. And my partner at the time actually was like, that's not living. Like what you think you've achieved is like the, <laughs> there's more to life than going to a nine to five. And I was like, what? Like you're just jealous because I earn more than you or something. Yeah. And then um, we went through a bit of a funk and, you know, I was waking up with these really bad headaches for about three months right at the front of my head and, and I was progressively getting like angrier and sadder and just low energy and I didn't look healthy and I had no time for myself and and these headaches kept coming up and eventually I went to the doctor and was like, cause I, I just thought it was nothing and then the doctor was really concerned and sent me for a brain scan and she was like, I need you to get there this afternoon and I'm going to, you know, fast track your results and I just instantly was really like my my life was like, well, what is this? And, you know, brain yeah. is a pretty – going for an MRI is a pretty serious thing and she made sure it was bulk billed and just like was really adamant about it. And so I think that level of like I still don't really know to this day what she was thinking in that moment but – um, I went and got my scan. I waited 24 hours for the results. And in that 24 hours, I was like, shit, like, have I just like completely fucked up this chance at a life? <laughs> like, I'm not happy. Yeah. I've, I've, you know, I, if this is it, if this is something that is irreversible, like, oh my God, like I have to act faster <laughs> on making yeah. this life better. And um, the results came back and they were clear and my doctor was like, there's there's nothing wrong that I can see. I just, you know, what's your stress levels like and your quality of life? And, and that was when I had to be really real with myself and ask myself, like, was I happy? And the answer was pretty obvious that I wasn't. I was, you know, in a grind. I was in the daily grind, the rat race and... Uh, had that wake-up call which meant that I was once you kind of have that I think you can't push that away and pretend it didn't happen like there's there was enough that went through my head to make me sit and question everything and I picked up a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon <laughs> Hill and it was it. sitting on my yeah. partner's book yeah great book right it's great yeah yeah, and I, for some reason, I it was on her bookshelf, and I'd always seen it there. But I, to be honest, I, I was like, that's like you know American rah rah, like you know, 
it would just <laughs> it looked a bit yeah but i think it was like it looked like it had been given free from some promoter or something yeah anyway this the design was really ugly um but i opened the book and started reading it on the train within a week and within a couple of pages i was like i'm going to start my own business i'm going to design the life of my dreams i'm not going to be a victim to my circumstances if there's things that i don't like i'm going to i'm going to change them like it was this this flip in i was being a victim to poor me life sucks i hate my job i can't ever do this this and that and um you know i have to commute and i hate my office and people I, i'm not inspired and um to to being the creator and just flipping that on the head and being like you've created this experience you've allowed this and and that kind of entered and snapped me out of it and it was it was a pretty dark time because it was like holy shit like i have so much to learn and i'm right at the beginning and you know i need, i felt an urgency to get on you know the entrepreneur bandwagon and and throw myself into building my life and there was days where you know I was like can I really do this like is this just me reading a book and you know kind yeah, of faking it we always yeah we always feel that hey yeah we're starting out um but yeah so then that was five years ago I decided to leave my job and I built startup creative I wrote a program on how to turn a passion into a business based on a course that I had written and had won an award for and then I um, have evolved it into a podcast, print magazine. I've just written my first book that will be out in 2021 called How to Start wow. a Side Hustle. Let's yeah. go. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. I actually interviewed someone last week that's writing a book as well. So um, Yeah, it's the hardest, hardest thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah wow. Cool. There's so many, um, so many paths we could take. Um, with all of the, the things you just said and I think um, I'd love to touch on burnout a little further down in the conversation but um, when you were when you just had that realization hey like I'm kind of being a victim right now like I'm responding that I'm not enjoying all these things and you realize that you could actually take control um, was that kind of a gradual process or was that that was quite immediately it, it it sounds like yeah it was a bit of a slap in the face um where it was like I think because I had grown up as a like I did I competed at a lot of sports at at you know state and national levels from my pretty much my whole life in school and a little bit after school as well and so I've always had coaches in my life and I've been lucky enough that the coaches especially my run coaches it's such an individual sport to be a long distance runner the running coach some of my running coaches voices are still in my head of <laughs> like yeah. one of my my grade 11 and 12 run coach he was uh he used to call me KK and he'd be like come on KK <laughs> <laughs> and um he he his voice of you know not letting you settle for less than and that you're the only one responsible like when you get out running it's you and the track and the time and the splits and whatever's in your head and so I think that 
going from like lapsing on, you know, exercise and all the things that somewhere deep down that was ingrained in me to get up and, you know, fix your life and (laughs) and take responsibility but it was a and it still to this day is you know I think we're kind of defaulted to be like somebody did this to me or life is doing this to me and it's really easy to slip into a victim of any circumstance in your life because you it's a cop-out you know you get to pass pass the blame and you don't have to do the work and I think the the thing that I've learned over the years is that Nothing good comes from comfort, like it sounds so lame, nothing good comes from comfort zones but from doing the same old, same old, you know. It's the anything that is burst into this world comes through intensity or breaking open or a fire or, you know, like you can just look at nature and how an egg cracks open or the pain of childbirth or a a seed being buried under the ground and covered in dirt and then having to find its way to the top. Like (laughs) there's, yeah, that, that is growth and that is expansion and that's life. And so I knew that um, it was going to be hard work (laughs) and, but I knew that I was the only one responsible to get me there. So it, it has been a ongoing lesson and constantly educating myself and reminding myself and getting therapy and um you know not making anyone else responsible for how your life is playing out (laughs) yeah and if um if I can backtrack even a little bit like would would you say that you had dreams to start a business um even before you did take that dream job or did you kind of always think that you were going to be um, kind of working and I guess not like working for the man, but working for an organization more so than yourself? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I ask this question a lot on my podcast because I interview founders of businesses and more times yeah, yeah. than not, you'll see entrepreneurs who are killing it had an entrepreneurial role model or a business role model in either family or someone close to them or a mentor or something. But I didn't at all. I um, I grew up with, you know, my mum is a, is a school chaplain and my dad's in real estate and my sister's a nurse and my brother's an electrician and my other sister's a stay-at-home mum. Like where we grew up in, you know, going to church and being a part of community and, and volunteering and, you know, running social justice events. Like, you know, when yeah. I was eight, mum would take us down to the park and we would be helping to coordinate Refugee Day where we would just play with all the the migrant and refugee families and put on a barbecue and teach them to play cricket. And, you know, so um, I think my upbringing, like I didn't have any examples of people running their own businesses. Like it wasn't ever really an option. No one told me I could be an entrepreneur. But when I fell into studying it and reading about it, the qualities of an entrepreneur really lit me up. I was like, I am the ideas person. I can act really fast. I can pull a team together. I'm tech savvy. Like all the things I was like, that's me. Um, And so I think – yeah, it wasn't that I I had always known that. I think my social justice upbringing led me to 
being asked to write this program for St Vincent de Paul Society, who's a, a charity on um, the Gulf in Queensland around around the world. But um, yeah. they approached me and said, "Can you write a program for at-risk kids on the Gold Coast and engaging volunteers? Because we don't have anything." And I was working in a school as a youth worker, and so my natural ability was to mentor you know, the kids who were about to get kicked out of school, they, like the counsellors and the principals would be like, hey, can you have a chat and pull this kid into line because they would listen to me <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> find out what's going on for them so that we can help. And um, so I wrote a, a mentoring program and it did so well and we had all of these volunteers and I wrote, you know, helped to write the training program and train. We, we recruited all these university students and, we took kids who were living in shelters um, once a month. We would, like, just treat them to a day out and treat them like normal kids who weren't at risk or, you know, homeless or different and just give them an everyday kid experience to so take them to Dreamworld or to the movies. And um, and it did really well and it, they, I ended up winning an award for writing that program and then I, they, St. Vincent de Paul scaled it around Queensland. And so... For me, that was an example of I know how to take, come up with an idea and make it happen. Like that's what I knew that I could 100% back myself on. And even yeah. to this day as a business coach, sometimes people will inquire and be like, you know, have you got experience in this industry and can you give me some examples? And I'm like, that's all valid. Like go and read reviews on my website or something. <laughs> but yeah, I don't yeah. even – it does not matter to me what you come to me with. If you tell me where you are now and where you want to go, like I will back you and I will make this happen and, you know, let's go. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Coach KK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually – um. well, yeah, you know a little bit about my background but very mm. similar, almost like the same it sounds like. <laughs> we keep ways, doing like... this. We have lots in common. <laughs> we like drinking um, the same coffee. We have same yeah. Exactly. Like I, well, I was very involved in youth, youth, um, youth work. Um, and, and for me, it was mainly a lot of like um, working with the local indigenous of, of Townsville and, and going um, I guess to what we call YWAM like youth with a mission and we'd go out and we'd help people we'd serve people and um, we just spend time with at-risk kids as well um, and I think in a lot of ways and, and I think we also already know this that um, yeah I was kind of the same like I, I was an ideas person like if someone came to me with hey we've got this and we and we need this outcome I would be like oh awesome like I, I know this person and I knew how to see the value and the golden people and, and kind of the, you know, like when you look at someone, you're like, I know that that person really loves to do this. So I was really good at putting people in positions. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I think I think it's really cool. And, it, and maybe like now I'm more stepping into entrepreneurship than I ever have. Um, and it's taken quite a long time. I've been in and out of it. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it is so hmm. it's so great when you're uncomfortable, you know, and you're. Actually, yeah. I think that, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, what yeah. you're just sharing there with that natural skill set, and this is what I've built my whole business around, is that we live, and what I just have written a whole book on, <laughs> is mm -hmm. we live in a day and an age where 
there is no excuses to not find a business model to do what you love. If you want to do it, I genuinely believe with my whole soul that if you want, if you have an idea for a business that is doing what you love and you are prepared to do whatever it takes to make that work, then there's a way that you can make money doing what you love. Like, in, and yeah. I, I even have been diving even deeper into trying to find some evidence around, you know, our purpose in life and what, you know, how do we, I'd love to write a book about that one day. But, um, yeah. so, you know, what's yeah. deeply ingrained in us, in our purpose. And I think, you know, there's days where I jump on a coaching client and I'll jump off after an hour of brainstorming and coming up with ideas and making a plan and and helping them give feedback on their website and and I'll be buzzed and then you know I'll get some like that was great I feel like you know I really know where I'm going to go next and it's still five years later five years later blows my mind that I am making money doing this like it's so natural and fun and easy for me and I get paid really good money for it (laughs) But I think that's, you know, me living that and breathing that is an example to every client that I work with, that if I can do it, you can do it too. And I'm, you know, I'm going to show you how I did it. But, I, you know, that's the world we live in is that you can make money being a connector or a networker or a good communicator or a business coach or all sorts. Yeah. And I think maybe the for myself, like where I feel often most challenged is um, – I guess creating a system for that or actually you know you created a course for that you um you, you not only can can coach people but you can also show them how to like put the steps in place to you know um walk that journey which I think is really brilliant and that's something that I'm definitely like I definitely look to you <laughs> look to you and I'm like whoa I need to learn learn your secrets (laughs) Um, I mean I think that's what I did when I started out it was like you find the people who have built the business model which has validated it so like you can look to me and say cool Kay's running a podcast written a book is consulting and living off it full time and doing really well she's a proof that it can be done so if she can do it I can do it (laughs) yeah fully and for the listeners you can do it too yeah, everyone can do it. Everyone you just got to want it bad enough. Yeah. And in that um, in that space of wanting it bad enough, what have you seen? Because um, you probably had a lot of people reach out to you, probably had heaps of conversations. Do you, do you see kind of like a consistency across people that really do take the leap and then the people that kind of get stuck? Yeah, I think the percentage of people who take the leap is very small or people what I probably tend to see more of is that people who take the leap or like maybe they take two big jumps as if they're doing a run up to jump off a cliff right into the ocean and they're taking you know they take a big run up and then they like skid and stop before they get to the edge and pull out (laughs) Um, and whether that's starting or scaling your business because you know, there's everyone gets to a point of discomfort where it gets hard, and you not you might have to invest money, or you might have to sacrifice time, or you know, there's so many different you know different ways to build businesses. But 
there comes a point where it starts to get uncomfortable or that you're going to have to take a bigger risk that, you know, feels hard and challenging. And I think innately, especially as we get older in humans, we're wired to move away from risk because, you know, that's our evolution. It keeps us safe. You don't run towards a moving truck and go, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, so where whenever we feel that discomfort or that fear, it's really easy. And, you know, I think what I notice in so many people and even in myself, but I work with clients often over like six months and it's nice because I get to be really honest and cold bullshit on the excuses Mm. that come up as to why, you know, they haven't done what they were going to do or they didn't send the email or they... Um, you know, aren't charging what they're worth, like all those things. And it comes out in the most subtle ways. But at the end of the day, it's all just like that self-sabotage of like, I'm going to play small so that there's no risk involved and I won't risk looking like a fool or not getting the outcome that I wanted or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think there is probably more people who don't. And that's when people come to me and say, I have this idea, but like, you know, I want to tell this person, but what if they steal my idea? Or, you know, if I, if I test it out somewhere, then someone sees that I'm doing it and they take it. And I'm like, my answer is always like, like people, even if they see it and think it's a good idea, not many people are willing to do what it takes to get an idea off the ground. So (laughs) don't worry about it. Like if you're going to do the work, then you'll get it off the ground quicker than someone can figure out what you're, what you're trying to do. Yeah. And, and I think that's intrinsic as well when you have an idea because it's unique to you. And, and even if someone had like stole your idea, they're still in, in a lot of ways, they're still going to outwork it completely differently. I often have seen, um, which is that purpose imprint. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I'm just thinking about like, um, with, with, <laughs> I just got a little distracted because I normally, um, actually yeah. might ask this question just cause I kind of just want to know. Um, but yeah. you'll see at the start of the podcast, I ask everyone what they wanted to become when they were a kid. <laughs> and yeah. <then> we'll, <laughs> what did you want to become? What did I, I think I wanted to be a famous netballer, <laughs> but I, I'm like five foot, so um, that was never going to happen because all the netballers are like six foot something. Um, I think yeah, I, that was definitely a thing. And then I wanted to work in the summer camps in America. I always thought that would be really glam, and then. I didn't go over to America, so I worked in, like, a school camp here. And then I think the common denominator is that I, like, I liked, yeah, being a high performer. Like, I wanted to be high performing and acknowledged (laughs) for it, probably. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. I'm, like, yeah, I guess similar in in that way. (laughs) Like, achievement-based anyway. Wanting to, because I really loved basketball, like, um, but I'm, I'm not tall enough as well, but, um, yeah, it's tricky. <laughs> also for the listeners, uh, Kay lives in a rainforest, so that's why you can hear birds. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that one's a weird one, isn't it? <laughs> it was so fun. Um, 
I, I, I feel like I just sidetracked, but I, I don't know. I just felt like I needed to ask that. Um, <laughs> I love that you have uh, really taken the steps, you know, to actually pursue your dreams. And um, I guess in, in a lot of ways, that's, that's helped so many people because you've started a podcast and you've coached people. It's not just been, oh, this is about me. Um, this is just about me serving my own purpose. You really seem like someone that wants to help other people um, achieve theirs. And and I guess in that time of of noticing that and that kind of fueling you, have there been any like really cool stories of people that you've coached and you've seen some really incredible things come out, out of that? Yeah, I mean, there's so many. I've, I think I've covered every type of industry that I've covered, like I've coached somebody, like literally I've done sex work, I've done construction companies, I've done, (laughs) I haven't personally done sex work, I've coached someone else in that industry. Um, Yeah, I've really covered a lot, surfboard shapers, um, yeah, all sorts. But um, I think my passion for it is that I cracked, I feel like I'm, on the journey to cracking the code of what it really means to be human and why we're here and, you know, reclaiming some of our power that we were, you know, sold a lie in the industrial revolution to go and work in factories for somebody who has more money and to build them their their empire and sacrifice yeah. your own family and independence. So for me it's like there's a fire that lights up when I inside of me that is like rage (laughs) when I hear somebody say I wish one day I I would work for myself or you know just another day in the office or all of those kind of like wishing your life away um, that really fires me up and I think I get a lot of um, emails of people being like all right I'm ready like I'm not doing this anymore especially actually during covid a lot of people are questioning what they're doing with their life and funnily enough I've been inundated with people who want to change theirs. So, um, wow. yeah, I think that probably inspires me the most. I had a I had an email the other day saying, I mean, I get emails most weeks from someone saying, thank you for your content, it's, it's really amazing, thank you for giving us so many resources. The po- you know podcast I get complimented on almost every day, but um, somebody said the other day, like or, uh, two last week, of I left my job and have backed myself in my business because of what listening and watching to you, your stuff. Um, yeah, I had a client who came for a one-hour session. She was very serendipitous. I was in Tasmania for Dark Mofo. And she reached out on Instagram and said, I've been following you for a while. I'd love to book in a session while you're in Tasmania. And, you know, I kind of the the morning I was leaving, she came and met me in the hotel lobby and I did an hour with her. And, um, you know, I don't even remember what I said. This was a few years ago. And then two years later she came back and was like, I did everything you told me to do in that one-hour session. I ended up getting... It was like really simple stuff. It was like, get your website up. And blah, blah. she was yeah. like, I ended up getting this job and that take, it was like my dream job that took me to, um, well, she got, 
taken to be a personalized um, like tutor for a child in Hong Kong, I think. A Sydney wow. family flew her and <laughs> and which was like her business dream like it was all about it and and she lived her life for two years and then she came back and she was like that was the most game-changing session like I need I'm ready for more like what do I want to do now and so that was that was definitely one of my favorites um but yeah there's been so many over the years I think sometimes there's been a few where I really admire certain people um, yeah. And they come and ask for coaching, and that's really humbling because I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> you're yeah. killing it or whatever. <laughs> I feel that. I definitely feel that. Oh man, mm. I think that's maybe being what I've been learning this week. That's been standing out to me is that, every, like, I meet. I've had the privilege to meet like, I don't know, like you know, celebrities and like, authors and. Um, people that are really finding success on, I guess, the world stage, but then also people that are just like rocking it in their business. And they all mm. inspire me so much. But um, it's, it is very humbling when, when people come to you and ask you questions and you feel like they're so much, like they're so much further ahead than you. Um, mm. But I think it's because of the way you see the world and they notice your perspective and they notice that maybe you see things differently and that's what they they want and um, they want to understand how to, to maybe do the same. Um, mm. But, yeah, it is, it's really nice. <laughs> um, hmm. Scary as well. <laughs> but Yeah, I think, it's, it's humbling. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I also wanted to to talk to you today about like burnout and I said that we I guess um loop back to this just because um for one I've actually had a few people message me um on my Instagram and like email and just say like hey it would be really cool if you talked about burnout on the podcast because I think now that COVID restrictions are uh are kind of maybe decreasing works like coming out of everywhere for a lot of people especially creatives like I think photographers are right now getting a lot of work too and and they're trying to learn how to manage it because it, it, it's completely stopped and now they're like oh my goodness like how do I how do I manage this how do I you know and um I guess you were even saying a little bit earlier that you got burnt out from that office job um what's kind of been your experience with burnout and if you were to speak to someone that maybe is facing it or or doesn't know the signs like yeah Yeah, I'm definitely not an expert on picking up on the signs because we just before we started recording I was like oh I think I'm burning out (laughs) but um (laughs) I definitely was on the verge and my I guess like the trick would be to get to this to get to this realization of burnout before your body shows you that you're burning out, you know, and I yeah. think we live in a society where it, the hustle mentality and the nine to five, or you know, the, even sometimes the side hustle mentality of like do you not your day job and then get home and and work five hours on your side hustle, or you know, um, it we're in a society that's going to always encourage that and push that because, yeah, our society is run by money and profit and that's who's making decisions and driving our, 
our <laughs> laws and everything like that. So that, but you have a chance to to lean back and wake up from that and and realize what's more important, what is your most important commodity. And for me, it's quality time and it's freedom. Like the the freedom to choose how I spend my days is more important to me than anything else. And when I start to lose sight of that and track of like that track of like I feel like I don't have time to myself, then that's when I sit down and, and rework my schedule or set up a system to automate something that I um, – know that I shouldn't be doing or that I've, you know, have figured out how to automate now or outsource or or block out a, a full day in the diary and, and have a really firm boundary around not taking appointments on that day. Or sometimes it's me being, looking at being like, why, why are you feeling like this? And it's being honest with myself and being like, well, you've, you haven't been organized. Like, you know, you need to sit down and get organized with these things. And then that would help you to feel more free you wouldn't be playing catch up but you know my experience is probably three times in my career that I've been close to burnout and I don't think I would say I've ever burnt out before but being on the verge of it I know how hard it is to come back like it's you're very fatigued and your whole body goes down and your mind I think my mind goes down hard when I'm in that really vulnerable space and it's I have to really rebuild my confidence and my self-worth but obviously leaving that job and then a couple of years ago I did a relaunch where we um, we did issue five of our magazine and took it from like a 40 page free mag to a 120 paid page paid magazine and that was huge and we did a rebrand and a new website and it was just like all these moving pieces and nonstop. And wow. then, you know, when I thought that was going, we did a magazine launch party and then I thought the party would be like, okay, now I can rest. And instead it was like now you have to distribute, now you have to pack and send, now you have to set up logistics, now you have to chase up missing orders. Like, So that was a really probably tough year and – it took me a little bit of a time to climb out of that and then just recently I've I've just come off the back of, uh, you know, there was probably three months solid there that I was writing and I was up, you know, I went back because I documented a lot of it on Instagram and I went back and looked at my stories, highlights from where I'd saved them all and there was mornings where I was up and it was pitch black and it was like four in the morning and then I was, there was the ones where I was working till 8 p.m. and, like I was just like manic. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's when I met you and I was just drinking so much coffee and yeah, really yeah, jacked I up. And, and I think, on. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Hiding the bags. Would, yeah, my friend Daisy would force me to walk places. Like she was like, get out and go for a walk. Or I'd be like, can I borrow the car to go get lunch? She was like, no, you're walking. Like get up from the desk. <laughs> um, I'm, but I um she loves a good walk. I didn't she makes me walk everywhere. <laughs> Seriously. Mm, yeah. No, it's good for <laughs> me, but I definitely like I get that um that like don't yeah, I think it's from my run coaching days where I get triggered. But 
Um, I was really unhealthy. I wasn't really unhealthy, but I wasn't, you know, was just really working and pushing myself hard. And, you know, back to, I guess, where this conversation started, it was a period in time where it was that birthing, like it needed, I needed to be in that pressure cooker in order to give birth to something that was going to be really, you know, hopefully will be one of my proudest achievements. And had I, um, but so yeah, there was that, but I think had I balanced myself a little bit better there, I would probably would have restored and recovered my body a little bit better now. Cause it's been about a month since I've submitted the final draft after all the editing back and forth. And I'm still not really sleeping through the night and I'm going to acupuncture and taking Chinese herbs and going to body work and therapy and everyone just keeps saying, like, you don't have an appetite because – and do you? And I'm like, no. And they're like, you're so fatigued. And I'm like, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's – my body is still trying to restore because of that birthing process. <laughs> but wow. um, I think – yeah, it's not. That's not very inspiring as to how to not get there. I think there's no, times where. Yeah. Yeah. You go. Uh, I was just gonna say, like, I think, you know, if anything, um, burnout's real. Like, burnout is real, but being fatigued is is real. And a lot of people, even in their, you know, non entrepreneurs, people that aren't like, I guess, starting businesses or pursuing their their dream just yet like they're they would totally align with that they'd get that and there's mm. these times where you've got you've got deadlines you've got things that you need to do and it's not really you don't like in a way you have a choice because you were like i'm gonna do this book and you care about it and you're you're like we're gonna just we're gonna go for this and we're gonna give it everything and yeah maybe it'll take you a little bit to to recover and maybe next time when you write book number two, because I bet you will, um, <laughs> it'll be, you'll have a better system and you would have learnt. And I think that's what maybe I'm seeing even of what you're saying, like, hmm. listen to yourself, pause, like, listen to people you trust. Are they noticing things? Um, hmm. And I think that's, I that's, think that's it, it, hey. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the zoom out. You know, and I think what I wish that I, well, what I'm, I'm practicing getting better at is zooming out more frequently and really yeah. being connected to your body, which was a conversation we were having before around yeah. being in tune with your body enough to pick up when it's giving you cues. And, um, my body tends to give me cues and then I push it beyond <laughs> what it's telling me it is capable <laughs> of doing. And I think on a lot of levels that means that I I do complete big projects and set big goals and that I'm able to give birth to them, but it's not a sustainable way of doing it. And I'm getting better at maintaining a meditation practice even in stressful times and an exercise practice, like, you know, exercising three to five times a week, drinking lots of water, like eating three times a day, even if I don't feel like it so that my body is nourished. But I think it all comes out to like, at the end of the day, we know when our body is out of balance, right? Like you, if you sit with your body and give it time to tell you what's up, 
like you'll figure you'll you'll be able to give it a, a word or a name or whatever like that's you know our it's an inbuilt yeah. system in us and if we just don't stop to ask it is it okay are you doing okay guys like what do you need oh we yeah. need more water okay great we I can get a new water bottle that's going to be really inspiring to sit on my work desk and and that's going to inspire me to nourish like you. That, yeah. In, yeah. So I, I think it things. is. I mean, I just brought myself new runners to try and up my exercise game. Daisy would be proud. I, I just, <laughs> I just bought, I'm buying, I'm actually after this conversation, I'm going to buy a yoga mat. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> I did yoga one. this week. And I didn't have oh, a yeah. mat and I felt like such a pleb. I just felt so lame. <laughs> no mat, anyway. no yoga. <laughs> it was so bad. I was slipping on my with my socks and then like the, the yoga teacher is like looking at me and I'm like, because I'm an achiever, <laughs> I want to feel competent in everything I do, even if I don't know how to do it. So it was just embarrassing. I mean, it also is like you bring it back to our conversation is like that, um, <laughs> You know, I think that something you can do to avoid burnout is to have good gear. You know, like it's for yeah. me, it was I went when I um, signed my book deal, I went and bought myself the biggest MacBook Pro I could get because with the <laughs> biggest screen and yes. the biggest data because I was like, I want something that is really inspiring to sit and work at that is going to be reliable and that it like I wanted the big screen because I knew I'd be traveling and I wouldn't be able to set up an at-home desk so I was like this is going to be the closest thing to a desktop um and you know that that is a investment in your productivity because I think when you're you you skimp out on things that are going to help you get to your end goal quicker because you're trying to save money or, um, you know, you think that you're the only one who can do it best or whatever, then you're going to, you're, you're leaking valuable energy that actually needs to be put into the birthing process. Like for me, when I was writing my book, I, I got a cleaner every week. I was like, I don't want to clean the house. That's that's a waste of energy for me right now. <laughs> like all my spare energy needs to go here. And I was eating out a lot or eating very simply like a piece of grilled fish with some rice and steamed greens. Like I just didn't yeah. really – I tried to keep my energy inwards I know, you know, I wouldn't really take phone calls from anyone or I wasn't socializing. Really wise, so, you know? yeah, it sounds like yeah. having having the gear, setting boundaries, um, planning ahead. Like I'm going to need a cleaner this week because I've got a big week like this mm. week for me. I had two photography jobs last week that got rescheduled this week and then I'm shooting a wedding tomorrow and I've got another one. Like, and then I've got uh, another shoot on Saturday. So it's mm. just like, you know, it's, and I didn't actually know that that was going to be this week. Um, kind of like, well, I knew the wedding, but just everything to land in one, one point. And even right now, I'm just like, oh, I need to prepare today, like this afternoon, um, because I'm going to be tired. Like, so mm. it's, it is, um, it is looking ahead in a way. And I also wanted to mention, yeah. I learned this thing from um, from Daniel Flynn, the, the director of um, Thank You Group, and he said he does something called Blue Sky Days. So he um, mm. 
he'll turn his phone off and um, he'll just take maybe a book or a journal or even I guess nothing and just go for a drive somewhere and just just walk and just like do nothing and and disconnect and um, Mm. sometimes it's a half day and and he finds that it just like gives him ideas and he he can do a reset Um, and I was and I've kind of applied that to my life and yesterday I just did like a half day and I went to the beach like this little secluded bay that no one was at yesterday which was really nice and I actually just slept most of the time like my body was just wrecked Mm. and I had no idea (laughs) like you know Um, Mm. yeah so it's really important to put in the diary because you know no one's gonna do that stuff for you especially if you are working for yourself but you know as an adult very rarely do you you know it's like when we're kids mum or dad or parent caregiver says I you know come on it's bedtime we're putting you in a routine and you can I'm you're giving me signs that you're tired and then you know, we as adults, we forget to do that and to care for ourselves. And I'm actually writing a resource at the moment about um, for for entrepreneurs to actually take themselves away for a day and give their business a bit of a health check. And I'm, I'm writing a guide oh, for them to so kind of download and do that. And a lot of the, you know, putting quotes throughout it and stuff and it's like in the stillness is where ideas come. It's where creativity comes. And when you're really on the edge of burnout or you're juggling so many balls or you're trying to scale your business or or just get something, you know, your first prototype into the marketplace, it feels like there's it's a never-ending to-do list. And my, what I've learned along the way is that that's you got to get comfortable with that because it's not ever going to end like when you work for yourself you don't finish like you you don't reach a manager's position or a ceo's position or retire you know you you if you're an entrepreneur you'll be dreaming up new ideas probably till the day you die and so it's never going to end and if you don't if you resist that then it's going to look like a burden um, but if you can just go, okay, you know, I've done what I've what I needed to do today, or I could do with what I had, um, and the rest can wait, you know. And there's times where the rest, there's maybe things that can't wait, but you know, you have to get good at that practice for yourself because no one else will do that for you. And um, actually, a friend of mine, he years ago he ran a cafe, and he had a few cafes actually, and. He lived on the Gold Coast at the time and once a week, every Friday was his day to go and he would take himself out for lunch and some days he would fly Gold Coast to Sydney just for lunch to try a new restaurant or, you know, to Melbourne. Yeah, he did because and that was his, um, you know, that was his way of, of filling up on creativity and ideas and tasting other meals and getting inspiration and seeing galleries and all of those things um and you know there's only so many of those opportunities on the Gold Coast so he had to go to other cities and he had a family so he couldn't go away for long periods of time but uh, I've always been inspired by that I was like that's goals because that inspires me um, yeah it's like you've got to fill your creative tank in order to, like, that's your life force energy, right? Like the rest of yeah. it is exertion and and execution. 
but without the creativity and life force being fed and nourished and fertilized, then, you know, you're pretty much creating yourself a job. You know, you're not, you know, you lose sight very quickly of, you know, for me and most of the people that I work with, it's people are coming to be like, this is, I want to turn my passion into a viable business model. So for me, I think keeping your passion alive is how we don't just create you another business or another job that you're going to end up resenting or burning out from. Yeah, man. So, so true. And Mm -hmm. I think, um, maybe like the last thing I'll say about that is you've got to fight for it. Like you've actually, you do have to plan for it, but even yesterday, like I was like, uh, maybe I'll just go down to the beach in front, like near my house instead of going for this drive and like going to this secluded beach. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it. Like, and I, and I had to like push through because there was a body of work that I could have edited. There's, there's always other work that you can do. And I think because I'd scheduled it, it made it like, no, Kurt, like you've booked this in, this is your time. Um, but I always find it hard. <laughs> like I always find it hard. And then when I mm. get there, I feel great. Um, but it's it's never easy for me because I do, um, in a way, sometimes I feel like I'm always a little bit behind the eight ball, but that's just, yeah, maybe that's... Yeah, uh, I think that's imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think something that that was good for me was um, as I had that similar feeling to you where uh, when I was writing actually, I would get up and I would do my meditation and... And then I would try and read 20 pages of a book every morning after meditating and just like read. And someone, a few people had given me that, those tips. And I, you know, was often flicking through books that were mixing between like business development books and, um, you know, personal development as well as like, um, just like fictions. And the, it felt counterintuitive because I was like, I want to, um, I want to just get to my desk and write and I can't yeah. read because that's putting more words in my head. But it was exactly. one of the best things for my writing wow. because I was observing my, in, in the morning, that is when, you know, before you jump onto social media and, you know, make phone calls and do what you've always done. If you if you can create space to build a new habit in there, then your brain is really open to, to like learning and or mine is anyway. And so I was really receiving the words, like I was really learning because I just felt like my brain wasn't all scattered from being on a phone or social media or, you know, people pulling me in lots of different directions. My, my brain just felt clearer to absorb. And then I was able to learn like sentence structures. Like I was just noticing my sen- senses were heightened to, oh, that wow. person put a story in there to back that that statement up or, you know, I like that analogy or, you know, that was an interesting way of saying that, you know. So, yeah, it actually really helped. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I think, you know, people will find their groove. Some people are night people, but I'm definitely a morning person. Like I wake up and I'm just mm. excited to get down to the beach and I take a book and I, I, I read as well. And it's um, 
it just changes the day and if i don't do that man like it's a bad it's not a bad day but i just feel it so much when i don't take that mm. morning that morning time um but kay yeah. i um i'd love yes. to finish our conversation with just five flash questions i ask every guest <laughs> so um, just try and answer them yeah so the first question is favorite film or series oh i loved the peaky blinders oh good one Same, that was actually. that was a covid <laughs> one yeah i yeah i watched it in covid too um what's one book that's left a mark on you uh think and grow rich or <laughs> limitless, limitless by jim quick is pretty amazing oh okay i'll um put those in the show notes um one piece of advice that you would tell your younger self? Uh, get to know yourself. <laughs> and um, well, my favorite quote from Think and Grow Rich is whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. I wish I had that younger because yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, I like, wow, yep, <laughs> I'm with you there. Mm -hmm. um, what does becoming mean to you? Uh, growth. I think it's about becoming yeah, the best version, living your, your fullest potential on this planet, in this body, in this lifetime. Beautiful. What are you dreaming about right now? My physical dreamings? Like, <laughs> in real life. Yeah, I've been having well, I guess dreams. It's subjective, <laughs> but you can answer however you like. Um... I'm dreaming of my book launch next year and how I can do some really fun things to and enter the book out into the world and yeah, what it what the anticipation of what it might bring for my business and my career. Man, I'm excited. I'm glad that I get to be uh, you know, I guess part of part of the journey. I'm I'm going to be cheering <laughs> you on, of course. Thank um, you. Thanks so much for for having a chat. I am um, if there's anything you'd love to leave us with, like any encouragement, um yeah, that that'd be great as well. But Yeah, thank you for having me. I think yeah, if if you want if you if you're not happy in the life that you're living right now, whether that is your career or your relationship or your your health or your finances you're the only one responsible <laughs> and the good thing about that is that the moment you're able to step out of being a victim and say all right what am I going to do about this then you instantly see more opportunities as to how you can move towards the goals that you might actually want or desire for those aspects of your life well that was Kay from Startup Creative Wow, wow, wow. I think this has been one of my favorite episodes personally, just because of how many practical things we talked about. And I left and wrote some notes down just about things that I'm looking to build for my photography business and to build this podcast. But hey, if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review on Apple and share it on Instagram. Take a screenshot, go to Spotify, post it to your stories. It'll just help more people find Up and Becoming 
and help it to continue to thrive and grow and serve others. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I'll see you guys next week for episode 15 of Up and Becoming. Thank you.